I've never told this story to anyone. It took me a moment or two to realise what I'd just agreed to. The first mistake that I ever made in my life. She said, I'm leaving Broome now, I'm coming to meet you. The memory lasted forever. Wanted young dynamic people to join our dog sledding family. All I know is that. It was like a shockwave going through my body. My name's Jess Ong and I'm the creative producer of Spun a live storytelling night in Darwin, a city that's actually closer to Dili in East Timor than it is to any other major city in Australia. Darwin and the Northern Territory are known for crocodiles, a laid-back attitude and piercing electrical storms. But dig a bit beneath the surface and there's the tantalising hum of some pretty incredible people with surprising stories. The Spun team work hard to find these everyday Territorians, helping to bring their stories to life, providing a platform to connect communities and trigger conversation. It's a real privilege to peer into the lives of others, so I hope that wherever you're listening, it provokes an interest in those around you. Now, during the day, mechanic Andrew Gray stares at the insides of cars, but at night, he spends most of his spare time looking up at the top end's vast night skies. So it's another day in the shed, 7.30, I'm walking into work, already starting to sweat. You know it's going to be a good day when you're sweating at 7.30. I poke my head out of the shed, the car park's chockers, so it's going to be busy. So 10 o'clock, couldn't come around fast enough, a smoko. The boys are throwing their tools down and uh, they're heading across the road for a feed. I grab my phone, uh, smoko, pull up a chair. I was uh, tearing through Facebook and I thought before I head back to work, I'll quickly check my emails. And in my junk box, I find an email from Brian Cox um, with the little subject line said discovery uh, with an exclamation mark. I thought, this is strange. So I opened it and it read that they'd made an amazing discovery using a classification of mine uh, in a little web app called Exoplanet Explorers. And I thought to myself, this is weird. It also went on to say whether I'd like to be interviewed live on the show. And I thought, whoa, this really escalated quickly. But I guess my obsession with astronomy, I mean, it's been coming for a long time. When I was younger, I grew up in Leanya, and <laughs> we had this old rectangle trampoline, like a really crusty, rusty one with no safety nets, you know, full of holes and springs that could pinch you so hard it'd make you cry. We'd have a barbecue, and just after the sun went down, we'd, we'd lay out on this really crusty trampoline and just look up at the stars and sort of spot the satellites drifting across the night sky. It was almost a ritual. I guess this is probably what led to my obsession with uh, the sci-fi genre, or Star Trek in particular. Um, I've probably watched every episode ever made. You know, you, you know it's not real, but you just like to think and you go, you know, what else is out there? It definitely cemented my love for astronomy. Uh, towards my teen years, uh, high school, I guess I sort of pushed my astronomy and love for sci-fi and space to the side a little bit. I guess other things got in the way. Um, you know, school, Friends, cars, computer games. I mean, I hate to say I hid my passion for astronomy, but I guess I did want to hide from the stigma that my peers would call me a nerd. Um, it was actually around this time I met Sarah. She's beautiful, like warm-hearted, pretty as a picture. It's a funny story. I was at my mum's house just one night for dinner, and I guess nostalgically we were out the back sort of laying down and just watching the sky for little satellites, and I remember hearing laughing over the back fence. 
and it was Sarah and her friend uh, that were sitting on the roof laughing at us. <laughs> Who knew seven years later she'd actually buy me my first telescope and nine years later we'd be engaged. So a few years went past. I'm in my early 20s and I discover I have enough equipment to attempt some amateur astrophotography. Astrophotography is basically regular photography just of things in space. Um, it's quite an involved process, uh, a lot of YouTube tutorials, and I thought I was about ready to uh, have a go at doing a photo. Being born in the Territory, we don't mind a bit of fishing. One evening we uh, shot out to Channel Island, um, Sarah and her old man. As they were sort of rigging up, you know, putting hooks on, getting the bait ready, I had all my uh, astronomy gear out and you know, set my camera up and tripod and had a pair of binoculars and I was buzzing the sky, sort of looking for something to image. I guess towards the west there was a little bit of a fuzziness I could see, so I pointed the lens towards it. It's quite an involved process, it takes two or three hundred photos and then there's hours and hours of editing, so after coming home, catching nothing, I was in awe of what I'd captured. There was just this like three-dimensional glowing region of gas and stars, it was magnificent to look at. A little bit of Google uh, research I'd found, I'd imaged a nebula called M43, so it's, it's basically a, a star birthing nebula. So in this area of glowing gas, uh, stars were being born, they were being created. I mean, I was just in awe of what I'd captured. I, I stared at it for hours. I think I woke Sarah up about 1.30, and she <laughs> wasn't as impressed as I was. <laughs> I was just amazed I could, I could capture this beautiful image with you know a basic DSLR and a $15 tripod from eBay. I think it was about then I think I realised I needed a telescope. So my 23rd birthday was close, and uh, to my surprise, Sarah had... My, I guess my then girlfriend of about three years uh, surprised me with one. So it was a reflecting type with an equatorial mount. What that did is line up the rotation of the telescope with the rotation of the Earth so it can track the sky. That's pretty cool. <laughs> if you like telescopes. <laughs> so over the next 12 months, um, I bought a little adapter uh, to attach my camera and I imaged anything I could, everything and anything. I probably spent more hours awake at night than during the day. There's a term in uh, the amateur astronomy world called aperture fever, which basically means you always end up wanting a bigger telescope. But like with everything, your bigger telescope, much bigger price, and it just goes up like an exponential curve. It's ridiculous. So the 4th, 5th, and 6th of April, there was an astronomy show uh, with Brian Cox called Stargazing Live. Um, he's an astrophysicist from the UK. He's a bit of a legend if you're into astronomy. And I thought, yep, I'm in. I booked the TV from Sarah for a solid hour each night. I guess being in amateur astronomy at the time, I felt like a bit of a king of a lonely thing. I didn't really know anyone else at the time that was into astronomy, and it wasn't really publicised as much as, I, you know, as, as it should be. So Thursday morning comes. I'm at work. I get an email that turned into phone calls with producers that ended up with me coming home at half past four with a, like a satellite transmitter satellite dish set up in my backyard and my back veranda looking like a news studio. So I jump in the shower, throw on the only collared shirt I think I own and they wire me up like a secret agent. I had like earpieces in and microphones and there's cables running everywhere and the time comes where I literally, I'm staring down this camera and I go live on TV. I mean I, I was shitting myself. <laughs> like I was sweating bullets and um, in the little earpiece I hear I'm staring down this camera and uh, Brian Cox tells me that my classification in the little web app that they have has led them to find a four-planet solar system that is 600 light years away from Earth. And uh, I was just... 
I mean, I was standing there like a stunned mullet. I just, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I'd found an entire solar system. I mean, I was ecstatic. I couldn't believe that, that something, you know, I felt to be so, you know, minuscule could become something so amazing. It, it still amazes me today. It makes me feel like when I was younger, back sitting on the trampoline, watching the satellites drift by, I could just, I just get that feeling like, a, you know, it's awesome. I guess I'm still a mechanic by day, but I guess I really do live for the night sky. Thank you. Far out. What a story. Brian Cox, the rock star astrophysicist, a four-planet solar system 600 light-years away from Earth. How do you actually come back to Earth, literally, after all of that? I paid Andrew a visit recently to have a little bit more of a chat. What was going through your mind when you rocked home and you had a little bit of an idea about what was happening, but you didn't really know exactly what had gone down. Um, it was it was quite quite confronting. Like Thursday started out like you go to work in the morning and you come home in the afternoon and they've got the backyard like lit up like a new studio and hard hard to explain. Scary would be the word for it. Did you know that Brian Cox was at the other end of that camera? That's probably where, if anyone has watched the interview, is why I look like. I was about to cry because I did actually know Brian Cox was on the other end and he's a scary person to talk to. He's, 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 he's a very, very smart person. So it's, yeah, it was pretty crazy. When Brian told you what you had discovered, what was running through your head? Just amazement, uh, amazement in that I could be part of something, you know, something I felt was so insignificant that I did that then turned into this amazing discovery and, and scientists were just racking numbers and and, and doing what they do to discover, you know, something that, that I'd found. Like, it's just awe-inspiring. It felt good to be acknowledged for a, a hobby, a passion. And so the next day, you just went back to the mechanics workshop like it was just another Friday, or...? It was an interesting Friday. Um, I don't think I did a single job all day. My phone was on fire. I had Channel 9, ABC. Um, they actually come out to work with the TV cameras and did some little interviews. And I also spoke to every ABC radio station. When I was driving home, oh, sorry, on Saturday, I was driving into work to catch up on some things that I didn't do on Friday. I actually heard the interview on Triple J. And I believe that uh, you do have a few fans around the world who have gotten in touch with you in one way or another. I think there was maybe a hint of a poem that found its way to you. There did. So there's a funny story. There's a gentleman um, from down south who, who, who writes, self-publishes poetry, and he managed to get my contact details through my workplace and um, sent through a copy of the poem that he wrote as a result of my discovery. So it was, a, it was, it was, that was an interesting day at work. Yeah, so that's no, nice. nice to be appreciated and, and you know, to inspire people to you know, want to create things. So, you know, it makes, made me feel pretty good. So are you still in your backyard every night? I have been up until these clouds started to appear. So wet season time so it gets a bit lonely out the back. <laughs> Nothing to look at. When you told your story at Spun, you mentioned that you, when you were growing up, you hid your passion for astronomy from your friends because you were a bit concerned about, you know, some of the stereotypes that could have been associated with that hobby. Mm. So I'm wondering, how did your friends respond when... There you were on TV talking to one of the most famous astrophysicists and the fact that you've discovered a four-planet solar system that was 600 light-years away from Earth. It's funny you think, when, you, when you're younger, I guess you want to try and you want to try and be the cool kid of your group. So, so things like you know space and Star Trek and nerdy stuff, you sort of either keep it to yourself or you get labelled as a nerd. 
I guess when you get a bit older and like what happened happened with the um, solar system discovery yeah they were just in amazement like they were I guess they were just proud proud to be my friend I suppose so they 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 were happy happy as and has your life changed much since you discovered that four planet solar system um I like to say it's driven driven my passion to do a bit more with astronomy like I would like to get eventually get a new telescope but they're horrendously expensive (laughs) um yeah if, if somehow I could get into the industry that would just be yeah, I think that'd be the coolest thing. From something like like finding this and then then turning it into, you know, potentially turning it into a career, I reckon that'd just be the coolest coolest story. It'd be a bit out of this world, right? No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. <laughs> After this incredible life changing discovery, Andrew still works as a mechanic and continues to spend his nights with his head in the sky, but not for long, as he and Sarah are expecting their own little star early next year. Andrew shared his story at our event where the theme was obsession. This podcast episode featured sound editing by Rosa Ellen, music by Lajlo Hassani, story production by Johanna Bell, with funding support from Darwin International Airport. My name's Jess Ong. Thanks for listening.